Jimbo Fisher ain't running from nobody. And this is the Locked On Aggies podcast. Welcome to the all-new Locked On Aggies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Joey Ikes. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Ikes, and you can read my writing about all things Texas A&M over at aggieswire.usatoday.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Aggies. Please subscribe to the show on your podcast platform of choice and check us out on YouTube at Locked On Aggies as well. We'll be live there very soon, so be sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you know when we're out here. Jimbo is ready for all the heat. And as a Texas A&M fan, I absolutely love it. We saw him come out guns blazing at Nick Saban following Nick Saban's comments about the uh, Texas A&M record-setting best recruiting class of all time for 2022, which are all showing up in College Station ready to get to work. And we saw Jimbo's response. And I don't know about you guys, I absolutely love it. Jimbo Fisher knows that Texas A&M should be and needs to be and should be thinking of themselves as a program at the level of Alabama. There's no reason other than history as to why Alabama should consistently be a better program than Texas A&M. And he is absolutely not going to stand for anybody putting A&M in a lesser category. So when Nick Saban comes out and claims Texas A&M bought every player in their recruiting class for 2022, the recruiting class that I'm sure Jimbo and everyone around the program expects to propel Texas A&M up to that level of program, Jimbo's not going to stand for it. Jimbo just spent the last two years sitting in living rooms with these kids and with their mothers and their fathers and their football coaches and their counselors and all these other folks who have a say in where these guys go and, and, and have a, a stake in these kids' lives. And he sat in those living rooms and he told those guys, send your kids to Texas A&M. One of Jimbo Fisher's favorite sayings is coming to Texas A&M is a 40-year decision. We know we've heard Jimbo Fisher praise Texas A&M, praise the 12th man, for exactly who they are as a school and as a program, as an alumni network. He talks about what the Aggie ring means. So we know he's been in those living rooms making those same sales pitches to those recruits. And then somebody like Nick Saban is going to come attack Jimbo and claim that something he's doing is not above board, is against the rules, that he's doing things he shouldn't be doing. And as a as an extension of that, what he's saying is he, he's saying that these kids are doing something wrong, that these parents are doing something wrong, and Jimbo is not going to stand for it. And the best part about it is, is you can absolutely see how much the players, the recruits, his current assistant coaches, and his former assistant coaches absolutely love that that's who Jimbo is. Jimbo took a stand in that press conference. He was not backing down. He's not scared of Nick Saban. And the players are ready. The players immediately jumped on Twitter. That's my coach. That's the guy I committed to play for. When does the season start? We're ready. Let's go. 
former assistants going on Twitter talking about how you absolutely love working for Jimbo. That's why everybody loves Jimbo, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Jimbo is ready. And what that means, what that tells me is that his team is ready too. And the best part about it is that given the opportunity at SEC media or at the SEC meetings during his press availability there, he didn't pull a Nick Saban and backtrack. He didn't backpedal away. He doesn't coach DBs. He doesn't backpedal. We're moving on. He didn't change what he said. He didn't say, you know, I shouldn't have said that. I didn't mean that. I didn't insinuate anything. Shouldn't have said that. He just simply said, hey, we're moving on. We're beyond that. Not only are we not afraid of it, not only are we standing here saying this is not who we are, but you know what? Beyond that, we're moving on from that. We are past that. And I absolutely love it. And then also at the SEC meetings, hey, we would love to play Texas. We would absolutely love to play Texas. You know, there's a lot of scheduling talk. We'll talk about that here later on in the show. But Jimbo is not scared of Texas, and he shouldn't be. There's a lot of Texas fans, a lot of University of Texas, TU fans, as we call them here at Texas A&M, who think that A&M still should have some sort of fear or um, submissiveness or subordinates to Texas because of who Texas has been. But that's the important thing. They have been that in the past, but they have not been that for a long time. A&M is going one direction. Texas has been going the other. And Jimbo is not afraid. Bring Texas to the SEC. Sure, come on, bring them. We're going to play them, and we think we're going to kick their butts every single year. And that's exactly what you want to hear from your football coach going into a season with high expectations, with some uncertainty around the quarterback position. We'll talk about that. But he believes in his team. He believes in the staff that he's built. He believes in the program that he's built. And he believes in the university and the infrastructure that he has around him to facilitate this program to have that success. And you absolutely love to see that Jimbo is not running from Nick Saban. He is not running from the University of Texas or from Oklahoma or for anybody else. He believes Texas A&M has the opportunity to and should be considered at the absolute pinnacle of the SEC and of the national championship conversation when it comes to the college football world. And he is going to act that way, and he's going to lead his team in that direction, and that is exactly what you want from your head coach. Now, I mentioned a minute ago, we're going to talk a little bit more about the schedule. There's a lot of SEC schedule news happening. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. But first, I got to tell you about BetOnline. Um, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting stats and sports information. You can find all of the latest developments, news, and odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL hockey conference finals, Major League Baseball, and of course, the latest fighting news, MMA, UFC, boxing, they've got all of it. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
Now, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking about the SEC schedule. So Texas and Oklahoma decided, you know, the Big 12 is going a direction. We don't want to go that direction. We want to go join the SEC. I mean, why wouldn't they? It's the best conference in college sports. What happens, though, combine that with the fact that the NCAA removed the requirement recently for there to be divisions in college conferences and how that is structured. We can talk about that more also. But what that does is that puts in place the opportunity for the SEC to reconsider how they're going to schedule their football season and how they're going to structure how many games they play within the conference, how many games they play outside of the conference. And in addition to that, how that results in a championship game and an SEC playoff potentially, as they've talked about. Uh, So really right now, the way that we understand it, there are two potential options for how they want to structure the season from an SEC conference play standpoint. And they haven't decided on these two. Greg Sankey, the the conference commissioner, has sort of said, hey, we're going to make this decision later this summer or maybe even into the fall. They have some time because Texas and OU aren't slated to join the conference until 2025. I'll believe that when I see it. But the first thing, the first model um, that we'll talk about is what they're calling the eight-game conference schedule model. So that would mean that if the team's going to play 12 games in a season, they would play four out-of-conference games and then play eight conference games. And the way that would be structured is each team would have one they would call permanent rival or permanent matchup that they would play in the SEC schedule every single year. And then the other seven matchups would be rotational matchups among the other schools in the conference, um, and it would be rotated on some sort of two- or three- or four-year rotation, however they decided to structure it. I'm sure the details will come out once they actually make the decision on how the rotation will work. Um, this is the model that I prefer the least, and the reason is is because just like Jimbo Fisher, I want the heat. I want to be able to play Texas every single year, but I also want to be able to play Alabama every single year or Arkansas every single year or maybe Oklahoma every single year. And by having only one permanent rival, the high likelihood is that that would be Texas for for uh, for the Aggies or that it would be LSU or Arkansas for the Aggies and not get to play Texas. And the part that becomes complicated about this is for Texas, for example, if they come to the SEC and only have one permanent rival, that means that either A, they come to the conference and are not playing Texas A&M every year while they're in the same conference as Texas A&M for the first time in a decade or more, um, or it means that they're coming to the SEC and losing the Red River rivalry against Oklahoma that they've had every year for decades and decades and decades and is one of the greatest events in college football every single year, regardless of how relevant or irrelevant Texas football is or Oklahoma football is. That event is an event on the college football calendar that the nation circles to watch. Um, So I don't love the idea of only one permanent rival with the seven rotationals. But it is viable, and, and we've even heard Jimbo at SEC meetings and during his media availability there talk about how important it is for the college football landscape as a whole for these SEC teams in particular to play at least one game 
down a level against the uh, the FCS teams that that they play on their schedule every year. And the reason is that, as Jimbo put it, it, it all comes back to money. Just like it always comes back to money in these types of conversations is that those FCS schools, their entire athletic department budget could very well be contingent on their ability to play a game against one of those SEC schools. And why? Well, one, because the SEC schools are paying those FCS schools to come up and play them. Those are essentially, we all understand it, a lot of those wind up being glorified scrimmages for the SEC schools to be able to put their guys through some reps without with a lot lower stakes considering the stakes that they play on a conference basis and some of their other non-conference games that they schedule to help their resume for college football playoff, etc. So if they go to a nine-game model, which we'll talk about here in just a minute, there is the possibility that some of those SEC schools lose that window to be able to play that FCS school or that Division II type school in the old model where those schools then no longer have the ability to make their athletic department budget for the year. And then you wind up having other sports at those schools cut simply because the SEC school decided not to play down. That's obviously not the ideal scenario. That's obviously not what anybody wants to happen. Before we talk about the next model that's out there, I have a very important favor to ask you. We here at Locked On have put together a survey so we can learn more about our listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast, this Locked On Aggies podcast, even better. This is your chance to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On podcast and what you would like to see from this new Locked On Aggies podcast. So go do me a favor, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get the survey started. Won't take very long. Everyone that completes a survey has a chance to qualify for one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. So have an opportunity to win a Ticketmaster gift card. Take your friends, take your buddies, take your wife to a game, to a concert. Go take our audience survey right now, lockedonpodcast.com slash survey. We thank you so much for your help. Now the second option for our SEC schedule, and that's the nine-game model. And what that would do is that would provide three permanent rivals for each school plus six rotational games every year. That would get you to nine matchups. Then you only play three out-of-conference matchups and go back to the FCS game conversation we had before about the college football landscape as a whole and how the SEC's responsibility fits in there. It's important. Um, But what the nine-game model does, and the reason why I love that model so much, is because of the fact that it gives you the opportunity to have three permanent rivals. And, you know, the Aggies have been in the SEC for over 10 years now. We have developed these rivalries with Alabama, with LSU. We play these unbelievable games, these ridiculous games against LSU every single year. We play against Arkansas every year, the old Southwestern Conference rivalry, renewed when we came to the SEC. They play it at Jerry World in Dallas. It's a huge event for these teams. Alabama we play every year. All these SEC West schools that we've played every year, if you go to one permanent rival, we've already talked about what that does from a matchup standpoint, some of these classic games that will no longer happen on an annual basis because of that structure. 
you go to three permanent rivals. That gives Texas A&M the opportunity to play Texas every year. It brings back that rivalry. It brings back that hatred, that uh, just the visceral brotherly relationship that is there. It gives A&M the, year, the ability to prove on an annual basis, hey, we're not the little brother anymore. Little brother outgrew big brother, and this is how things work now. And it gives them the opportunity to continue to play Arkansas and continue that rivalry or to play Oklahoma and have that local regional rivalry or play LSU or play Alabama every year, depending on how they were to structure the, uh, the permanent rivalries. And that, the rivalries, these, these games that happen every year are what are the best thing about college football. These matchups that you see over and over and how the storylines play in from year to year and think about how excited we all are already for this game between A&M and Alabama on October 8th, probably going to be in prime time on CBS, and how excited we are for that game already. Now imagine if we had to wait three years to see that game because of the way the rotation would work. Or imagine if we had to wait, imagine if Texas comes to the uh, the SEC in 2025, and for the first time in 13 years, A&M and Texas are in the same conference, but it doesn't matter because Texas isn't on the schedule with A&M until 2027, and we've got to wait two more years to play Texas. That doesn't make very much sense to me as I look at this schedule. So that's my take, nine-game model all the way. Figure out the FCS thing. It is important, but these rivalries, these things, these games that are annual games that become these events, these bedrock events that we look to on the college football calendar. You've got to continue to have those. And doing three permanent rivalries, three permanent games every year gives you the best opportunity to do that. Now, before we talk about the A&M baseball team and the amazing things that they're accomplishing in the NCAA tournament, um, let me first tell you about Built Bar. Now, I don't know about you, Eating healthy is a struggle for me. I love my sweets. I love desserts. And that is what is so amazing about Built Bar. And today we're going to talk to you about the caramel brownie. I don't know about you. I love brownies and I love caramel. So a caramel brownie, caramel swirled on top of the brownie. Oh, it's so good. Now, what if I told you that you could have all of that chewy, chocolatey deliciousness with 17 grams of protein. That's exactly what I'm telling you. You are in luck because caramel brownie bars are available at built.com right now and you've got to act fast. They're a fan favorite. I'm going to get mine. You got to get yours. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only four grams of sugar. Those macros, if you're into tracking macros, are unreal. I would replace a regular brownie with Built's Caramel Brownie Bar all day, every day. It's covered 100% in real chocolate, like for real. You don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both. All of Built Bar's bars are made with collagen protein. Your body absorbs it more efficiently. There's a ton of other health benefits. There are a million reasons to try Built Bar, but for now, let's just say Caramel Brownie will rock your world. With Built, 
Tasty is the new healthy. Go to Built.com to get your box of caramel brownie bars now. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off of your caramel brownie bars or any other Built bars today. Again, promo code LOCKEDON15 for 15% off at Built.com. Now, let's talk about this Aggie baseball team. Coach Jim Sloshnagel has done an unbelievable job in his first year in Aggieland running the Aggie baseball program. This team is so much fun. They are never out of any game. They are scrappy. They are talented. These guys are unbelievable. So they hosted the first round of the NCAA tournament this past weekend at College Station at Bluebell Park on Olsen Field. And they ran through the field 3-0. and They defeated Oral Roberts 8-2 to on Friday night or on Friday afternoon, then turned around and beat Louisiana 9-6 to in the second round to give themselves a spot in the regional championship, which TCU came out of the loser's bracket to play them. And they had an absolutely wild matchup between the Aggies and the Horned Frogs. A&M wound up winning 15-9 to in that game. That game was ridiculous. If you didn't watch it, you missed out. TCU jumped out to a 3-0 lead, 3 to nothing lead. A&M had some fielding issues. We're going to talk about the fielding here in just a second. A&M jumped out, or A&M comes back, scores two runs of their own, makes it 2-3, to then scores five more runs, takes a 7-3 to lead, then immediately gives up that 7-3 to lead. They tie the game. They take the lead back, 8-7 to Aggies. Then TCU scores two runs in the eighth inning to make it 9-8. to A&M comes up in the top of the ninth as the visitors in their home park in the regional. A little bit weird. That's okay. A&M scores seven runs in the ninth inning to win the game. Absolutely unbelievable. Get the save in the bottom of the inning. Dylan Rock, the left fielder, makes a great jumping catch at the left field wall to help seal the game. And this team, I'm telling you guys, as somebody who covers the Aggies, this team is so much fun. Austin Boach, Boast, Ryan Targach, Brett Minnick, Troy Clanch, Mr. Clutch Clanch, and Dylan Rock, as I mentioned, the left fielder. Those guys, combined with Micah Dallas, um, who has been the, the, the number one starter in the, uh, for, the, for the playoff run in the SEC and the NCAA tournament, and then Nathan Detmer, who was their A starter, number one starter all year long, and really was a rock-solid pitcher for them early in the year. These guys are unbelievable to watch. If you haven't been watching, you need to catch up with it. They should be hosting a Super Regional next weekend. As we get further along in the NCAA tournament, these games are going to be on TV. Check them out if you can't get to College Station. If you can, we all know what a baseball game at Olsen Field at Bluebell Park looks like and feels like and what that experience is like. Go there, bask in the bubbles, enjoy the game, root on the Aggies. This team is unbelievable. I'm so excited to watch what they do for the rest of the NCAA tournament, and I absolutely cannot wait to see the noise they make in the Super Regional and then the noise they make going on, um, hopefully, to Omaha, to the College World Series. Guys, 
That is our show. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm so excited to take this journey with you, following the Aggies, covering the Aggies year-round. Um, it's, it's an honor to be your host. And thank you so much for making Locked On Aggies your first listen today. Now make sure to go make your second listen, the Locked On NBA Big Board Podcast. Raphael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin give fans an in-depth look at the biggest prospects and latest player rankings. And, of course, everybody loves the big boards. Follow Locked On NBA Big Board every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Again, guys, thank you so much. We will see you tomorrow.